Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The ball was in, but Germany are out. World Cup chaos. Welcome to the Football Ramble, sponsored by Betfair. It's Friday, the 2nd of December. I'm Jules Breach. I'm Pete Donaldson. And I'm Andy Russell. Well, 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 it was December the 1st and the World <laughs> Cup was in absolute disarray. What a day of matches in Group E where it all began, boys, didn't it? Where any team could still progress and any team could still go out. And it well and truly delivered, didn't it, Andy? Didn't it just? There was a lot <laughs> of flipping and a lot of flopping. It was very, very exciting. But I think the best bit about it is like a lot of games during this World Cup, you couldn't you couldn't have predicted at half time that what was gonna happen was gonna happen. And the World Cup's outdoing itself in every little group conclusion, isn't it? It is. Japan, Spain, Costa Rica, Germany. When you looked at those four teams in this group, I think this was the group that was labelled as the group of death coming into the tournament, wasn't it? And when you looked at it, there is absolutely no one that would have predicted it would have ended the way it did, Pete. It's amazing. No, and it was kind of... Well, especially because it's certainly in the second half, as the as I felt like the Japanese were sort of tiring in, in the Japan-Spain match, and I kind of felt with Germany getting 
the goals in the other match, I just sort of felt that everything was kind of reverting to type a little bit. And I was just like, oh, this has been really enjoyable. And the Japanese will look back and sort of say they've had a great adventure. And, you know, they, they obviously had their, had their really, really good results. You're such a pessimist, Pete. I know, I know. Well, that's what, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm an England and Newcastle United fan, you know. It's, <laughs> that's, that's, how, that's how it kind of works. But I, I genuinely thought it was going to revert to type, but it didn't. Uh, and Japan hung in there with, uh, with, a, with, a, with a very interesting uh, winning goal. <laughs> it was it was just the for me this is one of the best days of the tournament so far yeah. because it's in these final matches of the group stage where there can be so many twists and turns and one goal can make all the difference. Um, I was at the Khalifa International Stadium last night so I'm I'm in Doha now recording this and as we've said Japan ended the game 2-1 winners over Spain but in the stadium one of the best experiences of that game was that the stadium announcers were fully aware of what was going on in the other match. And so mm. there were constant updates and they kept putting on the big screens in the stadium, the updated group table, but weren't oh, actually God. saying the score of the other game. So when you'd see <laughs> that Costa Rica had gone above Germany or whatever was happening, flip-flopping mm. through the table, which changed several times throughout the game, Everyone was then going on their phones trying to find out what the score was. I had the Ramble WhatsApp group opening open so that I could see what you guys were all messaging as well. It was just one of those nights, Andy, where anything could have happened. And at one stage, I think one of the biggest cheers in the stadium was when Spain and Germany were both going out. Uh, yeah, I mean, that was an absolutely extraordinary point of it. To think that, you know, Costa Rica could have been going through after losing the first game 7-0 and vice, <laughs> vice versa for Spain. It, it's, you can't get your head around it at all. I mean, I was doing something for Canadian television yesterday and they said, God, you nice get about Andy, don't you? Yeah. Don't I? And they, Canadian they said, telly. Nice and relaxed. Like? It's, um, it's just a boot what you would expect. It's just a boot uh, what uh, you uh, expect. Okay. That's what we had. Did, ne never again. He'll never up? get on again. <laughs> Did they f you up, Andy? No, he's he's from the northeast of England, of course. He's not representative of, of normal Canadians. He's not representative of of Brian Adams or Drake or anyone like that. But I, it was it was funny because um, they were like nice and relaxed. Watch the first half. If you could record some links at half time, that that would be nice. And so I was like, fine. And then. I sort of come out five minutes into the second half. And they're like, oh, yeah, Japan are winning 2-1. <laughs> like, are you sure? Are you sure? Yeah, I've been watching it. I'm definitely sure. Well, how on earth did Japan do it? They, they turned the game around, which is exactly what they did when they beat Germany 2-1 as well. And it was all about the substitutions once again. My man, Matoma, I know I was, I know I bang on about him all the time, but he is so good. And as soon as he came onto the pitch in that second half, he made a massive difference. Both mm. him and Doan just completely changed the game in that second half, coming back from 1-0 down to score two goals in the space of three minutes. The stadium mm. was electric. It was it's actually such an exciting game to watch. And they just had more energy and, and more fight in that second half, Pete. They came out with a real purpose, didn't they? They did. They had no 
uh, no part of the ball. I think it was seventeen point seven at the end of the match. <laughs> possession, <laughs> the lowest possession figure in recorded World Cup history, which is insane. Um, but they were just so direct when they did have the ball, and it kind of, mm. it, it really made um, Spain a, a little bit kind of a little bit concerned at the back because it was it was a game so so much of two halves because Japan just could not get hold of the ball, and it looked like it was going to get quite messy. And I thought it was, uh, and, I, and I thought Spain were going to absolutely steamroll them. But second half. I do not know what was said uh, at half time. Perhaps some rousing speech from some manga or anime, as discussed the uh, One Piece, <laughs> the One Piece uh, manga uh, 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 anime that, uh, that that a lot of the um, uh, footballers have been talking about in the post match. Yeah, it was it was it was very very strange how um, Spain allowed Japan to get back into the game at, at half time. But they were just so direct and they were so hard working, and they just thought, well, this is our last roll of the dice, and good God, we've got the legs. Good God. <laughs> They went out there and they were like, we are not going to give this up. We're, we're coming away from here as winners. But let's talk about that goal, the goal, the controversial goal, the goal that made all the difference because it turned out to be Japan's winner and turned out to be the goal that sent Germany out of the World Cup. Was the ball over the line or not? The, the, I think the most amusing thing about the whole, the whole lot is the amount of photos I've seen on social media <laughs> of just footballs next to pieces of paper, next to pieces of toilet yeah. roll, next to the edge of tiles. It's like, come on, guys, what are you trying to show us here? It's a, it's a rule. A rule yeah, is a rule, right, all, Andy? All, also, I don't really want to see... I, no, there's no other way of putting this. I don't want to see people's misshapen balls in their front room. I simply don't want to <laughs> yeah, see that, okay? They're, they're not proper ones. They haven't been fit with microchips. They're, they're not fully pumped up. They're just like a football they found around the back of a cupboard or something. Exactly. Your balls yeah. aren't professional balls. They've just been stood on in your back garden. I don't want to see it. <laughs> the dog's had it. The dog's <laughs> had all of it. But, but if you... People are complaining about it, right? If you are looking at a shot that looks like the ball has gone out and you are seeing the, the, the line of the post not being in complete line with the white line that it's supposed to be going out on, then you are watching an in inaccurate, um, you know, a, a, a shoddy perspective shot of that goal because there is no camera that is exactly 90 degrees above the pitch on the goal line because it's not fucking kickoff two on the Amiga. Like, there's, there's like, you can't... You can't tell whether it is out or out or not out. I mean, where it where it gets a little bit strange is that we've not been actually shown um, anything from FIFA or the World Cup or IFAB or whoever uh, that conclusively says that it was uh, in. But um, but presumably they've got ways of measuring this, surely. But talking about what you were saying before, Jules, I just wanted to go back to that and the atmosphere created by the Japanese fans. It was absolutely astonishing. It was astonishing in the Germany game and also in the Khalifa that, that, that I went to. You know, they, they were some of the noisiest fans, that are, probably the noisiest fans that I've come across. They're absolutely relentless, the Japanese fans. I know Pete's got loads of experience of, of going to watch J-League. Is, is that something that bleeds across from international football? Is Japanese I, 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 domestic I say, football atmospheric? I would say no, not at all. I mean, they they have um, certainly, and I've only been a couple of times to, to, to football matches there, but like they do have singing sections and they do all the singing right. and the flag waving, and that is relentless. You know, it never they never stop singing, they never stop flag waving. But I would say that this is a whole different level, and I think I spent a good hour watching the Shibuya Scramble Crossing um, police trying to have some kind of semblance of control over 
you know a thousand people trying to cross a big uh, a, a big a big crossing Oxford Circus crossing style uh, crossing <laughs> um, at, at, at six o'clock in the morning so you've got like commuters getting into work and you've got you know drunkards just absolutely partying <laughs> their heads off because they've been uh, they've been drinking all night and and that's you know that that's kind of the japan i know the the 6am boozing kind of japan because that you know the, the 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 drinking culture and the partying culture is, is so is so fucking great and it was so like fun watching like these kind of youtubers filming live um shots of like the the, the hachiko um, entrance to um shibuya station and just everyone is just absolutely off their head excited about the potential uh, for this side. I don't even know who they're going to be playing uh, next round. Anybody? Do, do we know who? who Croatia. Japan? Croatia. I mean, yeah, I mean, that, that's a Croatia shame. Croatia haven't got the legs to beat Japan, the, I don't Well, think. they haven't got I the legs, Japan but they've certainly got the midfield, that. haven't they? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so rooting for Japan in that one. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know what? You talk about that because obviously this is an alcohol-free World Cup unless you find your ways um and the, i mean jules's hip flask <laughs> you know have, have you been soaking your moams jules famously takes moams away with her on holiday because she loves moams moam uh what they call the little balls the little Maltese the pinballs the moam sweets the pinballs the moam pinballs they're just they're just easier to transport rather than ones that are in individual wrapping Look. and better for the environment I'm just Listen, saying she Pete, might be soaking no them in al- vodka, like Jamie Vardy. <laughs> there's no alcohol here. I need all the sugar <laughs> I can get. Be energized. Okay. Um, but yeah, I was um, I was at the stadium fairly early yesterday for the game, and I tell you, what, I was looking at some of these Japanese fans dancing and singing and just having the time of their life, and I was mm. thinking, how are you not drunk? Like that, mm. some of these moves, the shapes they were pulling, I was like, okay, yeah, they're, they're having a good time. Uh, so I am delighted for them that, they, that they've um, got through to the rounds of 16. They, they thoroughly deserved it. But that goal, mm. the winning goal, I think is, it's going to be talked about for a long time, isn't it? Um, mm. Let's get some of the thoughts of <laughs> what some of the pundits were saying afterwards. Joe Cole, my pal, was on uh, Be In Sport last night and he said, this goal cost Germany, but in 2010 against England in my last game, Frank Lampard's goal was clearly over the line, so no sympathy from me. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> Absolutely zero sympathy from Joe. Um, Graham Souness went a full Matt Letizia conspiracy theory mode in the post-match on ITV. Did you see that, Pete? I did, I did, yeah. He's just kind of like... Uh, he, 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 was, he was very close to sort of bringing out a big cork board with uh, red string <laughs> and uh, pictures and stuff like that. He was... Uh, yeah, it, I... I, I the thing about him is, and, and to a less extent Roy Keane, is that they're known for being angry, uncompromising uh, pundits. But they 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 really overtake everyone else's time. I think you know they 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 sort of just they get wound up and they just go for it. And you just sort of think, let other people speak, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's there's going to be all sorts of theories about this. For a long time, I think. But either way, it turned out to be the winning goal. And, and what a moment mm. as well. Um, in the pre-match, Luis Enrique admitted that he'd actually considered tactically trying to finish second in the group in order to avoid Brazil and secure an easier route to the final. I mean, he got his wish, Andy. But you know what he could have done with your scoreboard? Because he also said after the game that he didn't realise that Spain were out at, at, at one point. So um, clearly he didn't do his calculations that closely I, you know there was part of me that thought yes Germany going out probably suits them but you know what I, I think you look at the way that Japan have been one of the best coach sides in the tournament I think you have to give a huge amount of credit to Moriyasu the coach because I, I mean maybe maybe this is 
partly due to the, Sp the fact that Spain fell into their most monolithic of approaches. You know, it was sterile possession all day. It didn't feel like Japan were leaving their half, but it also didn't feel like they were in any danger at all. And once they were 2-1 in front, Japan got all 11 behind the ball and they defended brilliantly. Mm. Now, if you, you, I think you have to hand it to the coach because if you can do that with an all due respect to Mario Yoshida's career, he is at Schalke now, the worst team in the Bundesliga. We've talked a lot about the Bundesliga <laughs> influence with, with Japan. They didn't look in trouble at any point, I didn't think. Like Spain could still be playing and, and, and they wouldn't have scored, I don't think. Yeah, I completely agree. It did feel like Japan were going to see the game out, didn't it? And mm. it seemed crazy because, as we talked about already, Spain was so dominant in the first half. And at that point, you thought, oh, it's only going to go one way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what a second half performance. What a way to turn it around. And just an amazing story for Japan. Well, it's funny because when we talk about the permutations, I did always, I'd always wonder, Andy, whether the other managers and the other teams know exactly what it means in terms of the other games and how many goals are scored and what that could matter for in the end. And I think Ethan pointed out on Twitter where, with regards to the Germany-Costa Rica game, which finished Costa Rica 2, Germany 4. Um, <laughs> Ethan said, I can't believe Germany didn't let Costa Rica score because had they scored one more goal, Spain would have been going out of the World Cup with Germany. That would have been an amazing end to the match. Yeah, that, that was, that was looked like it was happening at one point, didn't it? Mm. Before Germany gave it that little push. At the end, I mean, Germany did everything they were meant to do on the night eventually because, of course, they, they won the game. I don't think they could have reasonably expected that Spain wouldn't at least get a draw against Japan. I think everyone imagined that at the start. Clearly, Germany are, are paying for what happened against um, Japan in, in, in the first game. And it, it was really down to them because they had plenty of the game. They had the chances to win it. They defended really badly as, as, as we've been over and over again. The thing that really made me laugh about this, though, is the fact that Germany, in getting done their side of the bargain and doing what they needed to do, hey, man, it's so bloody difficult for themselves. I mean, so much of this excitement, I know, like, for, for obviously for you in the stadium, uh, Jules, it was, it, it, was, it was brilliant because of what Japan did and it was so unexpected. But actually, a lot of the excitement in the evening was really generated by... Germany. It was sort of superfluous mm. excitement. It didn't really mean anything in the end because Germany did go on to win the game and that win didn't matter because they, they, they didn't get through. Mm. But take about Manuel Neuer is all I've got to say <laughs> off the back of that. For the best goalkeeper in the world, I actually saw more than one person tweet last night, Manuel Neuer is the worst goalkeeper in the world. I don't think we can endorse that <laughs> no. in any way, shape or form. But I but... think that people that people felt moved to tweet that. Mm. shows how exciting and on the edge and emotional it was. Well, do you not think that it was kind of, if you if they'd have just steamrolled uh, Costa Rica and just made it very comfortable themselves in the first half, that Japan wouldn't have felt like they had anything to play for? So they, they, it's Maybe. their own fault, really. Maybe. If they just if they'd have just gone for it, Japan wouldn't have been like, oh, well, you know, destiny could fall into our hands. And, it, you know, it, it, it's, I don't know. It was, it was, uh, it, it, I, I, it was the group of death. And it's absolutely bizarre that Germany have found themselves going out at this point. Very, very weird. It's remarkable, isn't it? They're out mm. in the group stages for the second World Cup in a row. Um, Kimmich said after the game, it was the worst day of his entire career. D did you enjoy that photo of uh, Kai Havertz receiving his uh, Man of the Match award? 
I mean, <laughs> I don't think it's a particularly exciting experience for them getting, you know, this Budweiser vase anyway. Mm. But um, well, <laughs> look at his face. Well, you've spoken it's about the... Uh, large trophy, isn't it? <laughs> when yeah. you get your Man of the Match award, you have to face the media. And you've said that uh, there's reasons why certain players get picked over others. But surely in a Germany side, anyone could have had that. Anyone could have had that uh, that particular award because everybody would want to speak to the um, losing German side. <laughs> <laughs> so true. So true. I mean, it's it's also quite bizarre that Germany are out because they've got the best XG at the tournament. So I think we can officially call them Germany and Hove Albion. <laughs> you can, if you want that, you can have that, Jules. You can have it, all you're right? Just, you're just <laughs> obsessed with Brighton dominating this World Cup. Yeah. You've got so many I players am. there anyway. Just give it a rest. It's already <laughs> it your brilliant? World Cup. It's so good. It's so good. Um, although on a serious note... Um, Hansi Flick did say we need to head in a different direction with German football. The future of German football, we are going to need to train differently. Do you agree with that, Andy? What is the state of German football right now? I I would ask, how are they going to do that? Because the feeling in German football this morning, if you listen to the media or if you read the newspapers, is one of panic, actually, because Mm. they are thinking we are hosting a tournament in 18 months. That's right, 18 months, because that's the way football is nowadays. <clears throat> They're hosting the Euros, and they don't have time to make a revolution in terms of the team. They don't have time to change the sort of players they produce. And they've got some big holes um, up front, um, at right back particularly, where they ended up sticking Joshua Kimmich over there again. That was an absolute shamble, so he ended up going back into midfield in the second half. I mean, Hansi Flick is, is a great coach, He's also someone who presided over much better players when he was in charge at at, at Bayern. So there is talent there, but it's very unevenly distributed talent. And also, being a former Bayern coach, he's got to make a tough decision in, does he bin Neuer and Müller? I mean, I think think Müller might do him a favour and fall on his sword. But Manuel Neuer, he's going to be 38 when it comes to Euro 2024. And, you know, he's he's not covered himself in glory this tournament. I don't think he can get away from that. Yeah, Raphael van der Vaart thinks that the the main problem is in the German defence. He said, Nicolas Sula is not world-class. He is the German version of Harry Maguire. <laughs> the Harry Maguire's right. been pretty oh. decent for us at this tournament, to be he, fair. He has, but this is this is van der Vaart's brand. He, he can't mm. leave Maguire alone. Do you remember that, that little clip of him on, on Dutch TV? where he said, I'm going to switch into English so that the, the English journalists understand really that. Shit. He is really <laughs> shit. <laughs> it's good stuff. Why is he... He's got his joke, though, hasn't he? It's like it's like a men of a certain age and Diane Abbott. Like, they're obsessed. They, they, they haven't got any of the jokes. <laughs> it's always the comedy touchstone that they always use. And, and, and Harry Maguire, his is uh, Diane Abbott. <laughs> it's so true, isn't it? I think he's a bit obsessed. Um, mm. Well, there we are. Group E, it certainly delivered. <laughs> Germany are out, despite the fact that they beat Costa Rica 4-2.
and Japan and Spain are both through despite the fact that Japan have beaten Spain on the night by two goals to one a, a remarkable chaotic day in the World Cup and um, we've still got more to talk about from yesterday's matches as well we'll come on to that in a minute but just to point out the landmark moment in that Germany game Stephanie Frappard and her team became the first all-female refereeing lineup in a World Cup match. The assistants were Nueza Back and Karen Diaz. Um, the first time we've seen an all-female refereeing team in a men's World Cup game, um, which is just a, a, a really special day, Andy. Yeah, and, um, you know, Stephanie Frappard has had an incredible rise in the last three and a half, four years. And she, she's just a great referee, quite simply. Um, and, and, and she stands out because, you know, French refereeing has, has had a lot of problems. In, in, in recent years, you know, the, the quality's not been fantastic. Um, you go back to the World Cup before last and there weren't actually any French referees called. So just shows how well she's done. Yeah, a historic moment. Uh, right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we will talk about the other matches yesterday between Belgium and Croatia and Canada, Morocco. <laughs> Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Well, now, Jules, um, look at this. You've got a fresh board. I think this is a slightly for better board. Sake. I'm going to go for Dangerous Minds. <laughs> dangerous Minds. <laughs> <laughs> Why have you dug that back out? I was trying it, to erase that from special. my memory. It's a just because you're did in you... uh, Doha at the moment and you can't hit us. Did you, did you, swear, <laughs> on, did you swear on that? No, that was just me now swearing. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, they don't, they don't for generally... for fuck's sake on BBC One. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone's going to do it on, on uh, sure. Pointless, sure. it's going to be Jules, isn't it? Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> Brilliant. 
There we are. Uh, right, it's now time for Betfair's popular bet builder. When you Betfair on the World Cup, you can use Betfair's handy app to place your bet builders and you'll get access to some pretty decent handouts as well. Every week throughout the tournament, we've been placing our own ramble popular bet builders on football's biggest matches. And this weekend is no exception. We're heading towards the business end of the World Cup. It's the round of 16 and there's only one game that we could pick for today's popular bet builder, England against Senegal on Sunday. So Andy, you're up first. What are you going for? Over three and a half goals. I feel like England uh, got their nose for goals uh, against Wales. And, you know, I think Senegal can give a little bit back as well. Okay. Pete? I think they're not going to have enough time to get any ill discipline into uh, either of the sides. (laughs) So I think it's going to be under four and a half cards. Let's find out what Marcus has gone for. England to win the match after 90 minutes. It's not going to be easy against the African champions, but I think Gareth and the gang have got enough to be victorious. So England to win in 90 minutes. And I have gone for Marcus Rashford, Rashi boy, to score at any time in the game. Uh, A £5 bet on this popular bet builder will return 68 quid if we win. All that money will go to Prostate Cancer UK, exclusive to Betfair Sportsbook. Terms and conditions apply. You have to be 18 or over to play. And for more information on responsible gambling, head to begambleaware.org. Right, let's get on to the other group's games then between Belgium and Croatia and Canada, Morocco. Um, Let's start with Belgium, Croatia. Ended a goalless draw and Belgium, who are one of the favourites in the competition, have gone out, Pete. Dramas. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's it's weird that, like, it's, like, you know, a fairly anonymous Romelu Lukaku has, 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 has found himself in, in the third match of the tournament um, just being blamed for everything about Belgium's <laughs> tournament performance. And and from what I saw, because, you know, I was watching the other match, like, from what I saw, the, 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 the chances that, that he missed... First off, the first one was off the post. Two attending defenders. I, I don't have a problem with that. Header, just a bit of a fifty p kind of off the top of the head. You know, it, you need on target, but it's not great. The third chest was the only thing that I thought. Well, he probably should have done better there. And I think it's really unfair that everyone's having a go at poor old Romelu. But obviously, Belgium are a side in uh, transition, like the Welsh, like the Germans, like every fucker in this tournament. <laughs> so it's kind of, uh, it's, it's it's indicative of a malaise that I think everyone's kind of experiencing. And uh, perhaps maybe some of the older players, they come off um, pre-season uh, a little later than others and they don't get going until about January. Who knows why they played so badly <laughs> in this tournament? Well, Lukaku on his own accumulated more XG in the second half against Croatia than Morocco did in the entire group stage. That's (laughs) that's a ridiculous statistic, isn't it? Um, You could put it this way if you're into these old trendy stats. In one half, Lukaku missed four big chances, which is Mm. twice as many as any other player has missed throughout the tournament so far. And he was absolutely livid, Andy. He broke the window of the Belgium dugout after the game in frustration. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I appreciated that at least because I could see myself doing that and breaking my hand rather than the actual <laughs> dugout. So it shows the, the, the strength of Romelu Lukaku. I, I felt a little sorry for him because he's clearly not fit. I think a half, like even a 80% fit Lukaku takes mm. those chances. Um, you know, you bear in mind how little football he's played in, in, in the last couple of months. And for it to all be piled on him, I mean, it's always been the case, really, because so many of Belgium's top players over the last decade plus have, have, have been on the turn, that it's all been on Courtois, De Bruyne, 
and Lukaku to cover a multitude of sins in, mm. in, in, the, in the rest of the squad. He takes one of those chances and it's a completely different discussion. Mm. Yeah, especially that third one, Andy. I mean, it was, a, it was an open oh goal, God. wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Andy was really defend, <laughs> defending them and went, oh God, yeah, I've just, re- I've just remembered it in my mind palace. <laughs> oh, I mean, you can understand the frustration of the players with the way the tournament has gone for them. But I think right from the off though, there was, it kind of felt quite negative from Belgium, didn't it? You know, Bad vibes. De Bruyne and his post-match yeah. interviews were saying, you know, we're too old, we're past it, we're not going to win this World Cup. Um, it just didn't feel like they were... Yeah, I don't know. It didn't feel like they were they were they were feeling themselves at all. So it's the end of the road in the World Cup for Belgium, and also the end of the road for Roberto Martinez as the manager who decided to step down as the Belgian boss in his post-match interview. Um, kind of saw this one coming, but did not see the moonwalk out of the interview coming at all. <laughs> that's a lovely spot. You know when you see something like that and you sort of go, oh, that's going to be big, that's going to be huge, but I don't know how to sort of... Because <laughs> I saw that, and then somebody just went moonwalk. Brilliant. Absolute mwah, chef's kiss. Fantastic. Do you think he should have gone down the <laughs> stairs instead? I think that would have been more yeah. appropriate. Oh. Retreating from view. Did his little dance that he did at the O2, uh, Jason Derulo style. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, I mean, I think we we kind of expected this was something that might have happened after this tournament. Um, but to do it in the post match interview, to to go out the way he did, Andy, were you expecting that? Um, I, I, I don't I don't know. I mean, I, I was. I, I think he's been a little bit hard hardly treated, um, harshly treated because um, he's he's globally done a very good job. It's not his fault that the players have all got dead old. So, and I think people are unrealistic in like the idea that Belgium could get better. Uh, you know, there is a limited yeah. budget for international coaches. And I think sometimes, you know, we look at the, the Premier League, it's a coaches league. You know, we've got some of the very best coaches in the world. None of those guys want to take over Belgium no. or Italy or Germany, come to think of it. <laughs> well, they don't yeah. want to take over any uh, international side. No, it's really don't. difficult. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Croatia were awarded a penalty in the 15th minute of the game, but it was overturned for offside. um, And the graphics showed that only the shirt sleeve was offside because obviously we've got these fancy sort of this Mm. fancy technology now to show exactly what's offside. Um, Mike Dean was spotted trying to explain the decision on B in Sport. He's part of their coverage over here and I've seen a fair bit of it. Um, The TV segment is called the Dean Machine. And Mike (laughs) Dean, as I sent you all in the WhatsApp group, wears some very ill-fitting suits for this said TV segment. Um, He looks like, you know, when you've got a young child and you're taking them to like a birthday party or a christening (laughs) or something, you're a court and you put them in a suit that really doesn't fit them. Yeah, it's It's a bit... A a referee um, in a suit just looks wrong. It's a bit talking heads, David Byrne, stop making sense era, sort of big, big boxy kind of (laughs) Minecraft roblox um suit yeah it's 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 weird isn't it i, I think it's the color as well i think it's the color i think it's, yeah. i think the color's wearing the color him a little match. bit the trousers and the trousers and the jacket weren't the same shade of gray no were they? He's, he's concentrating on no. the branding and it's he's ignored wrong. at the costumery he's, he's concentrating on being the <laughs> dean machine and he's and he's forgot about being a dream fashion boy <laughs> oh 
the Dean machine. The Dean Awful. Machine. Awful. Um, but at least Lukaku didn't react as badly as that Mexican fan. Did any of you see this? He stabbed a TV after Mexico got knocked out of the World Cup on Wednesday. I watched this video. I actually felt very uncomfortable watching it. It was just a bit much. You do see this from time to time, sort of blocks um, chinning the telly um, if they're watching <laughs> the, the NFL or the soccer on, on the old box. But I'm always surprised how resilient the things are. They never turn off. The, the the LED <laughs> panel just kind of breaks and there's some beautiful multicolored kind of uh, rainbow <laughs> affectation on there on the screen. But I mean, you know, LED, you know, else most of them will be LCD screens, liquid crystal displays. I want to see liquid oozing out of the television. If I'm stabbing <laughs> it with a knife, I want to see a wound. I want to see it. I want to see <laughs> a rainbow fluid coming. I want to see it bleed because it's giving me so much pain. <laughs> if I'm gonna, if I'm in the business of stabbing my fucking Samsung, so yeah, I just, I'm not. Uh, I, it's 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 not great, is it? It's not great to see. No, no and I, I, I think someone else could benefit from that TV. That's the yeah. thing that annoys me. There, there was a Marseille fan a couple of years ago who became a minor YouTube sensation in France because um, basically he, he smashed his telly in with a baseball bat every time they lost, which mm. I think was about mm. 17 times that season. Yeah. Basically so a he got through like 17. You know I mean? yeah, yeah. But, but I guess, but that's, that's, I mean, I had to get serious for, for a point, but like, the, nothing's ever grey anymore. Everything's like the best thing in the world, the worst thing in the world. We've talked about yeah. this before. Andy, you talked about, about how um, how there's no sense of scale for a lot of football fans. There's no sense of there'll be a tournament in two years. There'll be a tournament in one year. There'll be um, a, a match next Saturday. But mm. the the currency of Instagram and YouTube and, 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 and being these people who, who want to be performative about their how upset they are, how much pint they throw in the air, how covered in beer they get. It's all about look at what I'm doing I am a bigger England fan or I'm a bigger um, Marseille fan or I'm a bigger Mexican fan than you because I've stabbed my fucking telly and I'm angrier than everyone else it's the <laughs> Arsenal fan TV it's the true Geordie can have money down money now it's it's kind of it's just it's that kind of level where the angrier you get the more uh, the more clicks you get and the more and the more heat you get effectively that, that you know there's so many um, careers of, of, of influencers and YouTubes and stuff who have been built on just being angrier than the next person Basically, knobheads. Knobheads. <laughs> always male, yeah. always knobheads. <laughs> so yeah, Belgium are out. Croatia are through despite that draw. But in the other game, what a result for Morocco. They've beaten Canada by two goals to one. And Morocco become the first African nation to top their World Cup group since Nigeria in 1998. Their manager, Walid Regraji, when asked if Morocco can win the World Cup, said... Aim for the sky. Why not dream about winning that trophy? I mean, this is an amazing story, Andy, and they've probably been one of the surprise packages of the tournament. They have, and it's been a big surprise to me, not because they haven't got talent, because they have, but they've got so many out-of-nick players. Uh, <laughs> and Naziri, who scored um, the, the, the second goal, he's not had a great season a severe at all. He's been in and out of the team. We all know about Ziyech at Chelsea. He can do it on his day, but he's not really a vital part of their eleven. And, you know, some Chelsea fans, I think, would have quite happily seen him go back to Ajax. And, you know, you look at Nayef Agar, who's barely played since he's arrived at West Ham because of his injury. So, mm. and he scored the first own goal of the World Cup as well, which I thought was a bit of a remarkable yes, thing. So, and you know what? So you know what, Andy? That, um, that own goal means that uh, he's actually joint top scorer for Canada at World Cups <laughs> along with Alfonso Davies now. <laughs> That's not I well don't like done that. Him. That's not fair, don't is like it? That. That's not fair. How do, how do we sort of <laughs> see Canada's sort of tournament? I mean, obviously they've not been in it for a very long time and 
it it has been a massive disappointment in but but in four years time this generation will have grown up and they'll probably be like 10 times a million times better than they are now so and presumably surely. when you get your best player who's a left back and you know mm. don't mean to make the buying comparison but Austria have been there with David Alaba presumably mm. by the time we get to 2026 Alfonso Davies will be playing centre forward because he'll get pushed <laughs> further and further forward <laughs> where he can properly influence the Not game they'll, be, they'll, yeah. they'll fully bail him and uh, <laughs> stick him in the centre forward position yeah and obviously, we have to mention the, the absolute mad goalkeeping in this game as well. It, what, it, it wasn't a good day to be a goalkeeper, was it, Pete? One it of wasn't. the goalies was pretty much at fault for every single goal. <laughs> oh, it was, it was all, a, a bit embarrassing. They were all over the place. But, I mean, he got them there. Like, he, he's, everyone knows who <laughs> that man is because he, he's got a very interesting kind of backstory and how he found found his way into uh, into Canada back in the day. And, and he... Um, he's this really larger than life um, uh, character, um, born in the in the former Yugoslavia, of course. And he's just he's he's just a real character for me, and that extends to his goalkeeping. So if you take the rough, with, you got to take the rough of the smooth with that guy. Like he got you there. Enjoy him passing the ball to the opposition. <laughs> yeah, you know what I I. I think Canada have been fun. They've been a fun team to watch. They've been entertaining in the tournament. Um, they got their goal. Mm. They got their Alfonso Davies goal. And as you say, looking ahead to when the tournament is on home soil in, in four years' time, um, I think that they'll have gained some valuable experience at this level mm. of um, yeah. world football, I think, to take in, into that tournament. So I think that's what, what they can leave with. Um, it'll be exciting to see how Morocco get on in the next stages of the competition. Let's see how they do. And then tonight, we've got loads more football to look forward to as well. So it's the final group stage games. We've got South Korea taking on Portugal and Ghana against Uruguay. We've got Serbia versus Switzerland and Cameroon versus Brazil in the two late games. Um <laughs> Look, I think the highlight of these matches has to be that Ghana-Uruguay rematch. <laughs> it's a repeat of the controversial quarterfinal in 2010. Suarez, reckon there might be a few boos in the stadium tonight from the Ghana fans? Just it's just few. so incredibly unapologetic as well. <laughs> and uh, what, I, what I particularly enjoyed is in the press conference, even though he hates speaking English, he was really unapologetic in English. in English. Now, a, 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 lot of, a lot of these players during the World Cup, they've said, I'm an international duty. I'm only going to respond in my native language. Mm. And Suarez was a great candidate for that. And he's like, no, hang about. How can I shithouse people in the widest way possible? <laughs> and he's taking the bull by the horns here. And I think you have to respect it. I do. I fully respect that he's just like, well, yeah, I did it and it worked. So screw you all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, lordy. I, I imagine if he sort of learned, is it Akan in, uh, in Ghana? That's their, that's, their, that's their big one. He learned, learned it in that. Oh, God, you are a turd, sir. You are the worst. <laughs> oh, it'll be interesting. And it, it I mean, it would be kind of nice wouldn't it if Ghana managed to get the win tonight wouldn't well, that, that, it lovely Chrissy Hewton side every <laughs> single um, group has got something for the just the the international um, person who sort of sits in the middle of everything I would say you know it, it doesn't matter if you are uh, English or or, I don't know, or French or or Japanese like this <laughs> is this match has got everything it's got revenge it's got pathos it's got Anger, it's got everything. And I hope Ghana absolutely put Uruguay in the bin. <laughs> and you know what else it's got, Pete? 
It's got a little Tarek Lamptey. <laughs> it has got a little Tarek Lamptey. He didn't play very well in the last match, if I remember rightly, though, Jules. No, the the Brightonification <laughs> of the World Cup. <laughs> it's just endless. Um, speaking of Ghana, a member of the Ghanaian Parliament this week. This is this is quite sensational. Mm. Was actually recorded taking the piss out of Harry Maguire. I mean, how is this an an ongoing theme? We had it earlier from Raphael van der Vaart, and now we've got it from a member of the Ghanaian parliament who has taken Harry Maguire into parliament as a conversational talking point. Have a little listen. Manchester United went and bought him. He became the biggest threat at the centre of Manchester United's defence, tackling Manchester players and giving assists to opponents. <laughs> Mr Speaker, when even the opponents failed to score, Maguire will score for them. <laughs> Mr. Speaker, you remember in this country we also had an economic Maguire. <laughs> economic Maguire. That's I like a great that. phrase. I mean, how does that kind of manifest itself? Like, really towering headers, the odd maraud upfield. I don't know how that applies to the to the market in Ghana, to be honest. Yeah, I'm not so sure myself, but what a wonderful clip. Well, enjoy the games tonight. Um, that is all from us today. We're going to be back to review that tasty encounter between Ghana and Uruguay tomorrow, plus all the best action from the final day of the group stages. We'll wait to see who's going to join Portugal and Brazil in completing the lineup for the knockout stages. And speaking of Portugal, Andy mentioned it already. You can catch our trip to Lucelle Stadium when we watch Portugal take on Uruguay earlier on this week. Um, we had a lot of fun. I got very annoyed at a lot of people who just <laughs> seemed to be having miniature little like moments. Anytime, anytime Ronaldo touched the ball, mm. I was like, can you shut Calm up? Down. And I was... I was quite vocal about it. I was a little bit of a grandma, I'm not going to lie. That was not the only thing that annoyed you, was it? But you'll have to listen to find out. No, it wasn't. She stabbed yes, her telly. Have a little listen. <laughs> <laughs> she, brought a, she brought a little 30-inch uh, telly and stabbed it. <laughs> Why do you think Andy left Doha? He couldn't handle it anymore. <laughs> Got too angry. The more monsters on the prowl. <laughs> it's in your annual feed this morning, so do check it out. And as ever, make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode from us all um andy pete have a good day i'm off out to enjoy some more world cup football thanks for listening to the football ramble sponsored by betfair part of the acast creator network bye-bye the football ramble is a stack production and part of the acast creator network 
20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.